Welcome, Welcome to the Author Factor Podcast, the show for profitable insights and tips with business owners, entrepreneurs, and CEOs who use their nonfiction book to create the ultimate competitive advantage and grow their business. Grow their business. Grow their business. Here's your host, Amazon best-selling author and book publishing coach, Mike Capuzzi. Welcome to another profitable episode of the Author Factor Podcast. I'm Mike Capuzzi, and I want to thank you for joining us. My guest today is Paul Roscoe White. Paul is a former U.S. Air Force weapons systems officer. I messed that up already, Paul. And is a brand new multi-book author. And he's actually become a friend, and I invited him on the podcast today to describe the immense action he's taken over the last several months to be a part of not one, not two, but three books, right, Paul? You're, you're working on the third, I believe, yeah, right now. Yeah, working on the third. Yep. yep. Including one that we're going to sp- focus on today, No New Lessons. Paul, welcome to the Author Factor Podcast. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, and we're going to keep this really loose. This is going to be a little bit different. Uh, like I said, you and I have become friends over the last couple months. Sure. What you're doing, I just love what you're doing. I love what, what you've done, how you served our country. So we're going to start there. But I just, again, congratulate you on all the success. I know we're not going to talk about it, but you and I were just talking about how your son looks like he might be going to one of the military academies. and all. Yeah. you got just so much going on, Paul, so congratulations. Why don't you share with my listeners a bit about your military service. Now, I know about it because you were a contributing author in I Love America, a book I published late last year where you shared your, your, your military service story. But tell us a bit about you know, how you served, what a WSO is, because I didn't know yeah. it was until I met yeah. you, and uh, all that good stuff. <clears throat> so um, I, I've been telling people a story for a long, long time, and one of the things that I lead off with was uh, – People join the military for all different reasons. Some people are just patriots from the day they're born. Some people need education benefits. Some people just didn't have anything else better to do. You know, some people were forced to do it by a judge. Mine was a little bit more of a necessity. I I attempted college right out of high school. Turns out that I wasn't good at that at that time. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, uh, so I looked at the Air Force. I enlisted in 1997. Got married had some kids. Um, Along the way, I guess I got motivated to get my education and I applied for officer school and I applied to be a maintenance officer. I was a maintainer on uh, F-15s when I was enlisted and I thought it was going to be an easy transition to do that. Uh, We went through the education office as enlisted people. We go through the education office to put in our officers packages and she sent my package down to a uh, one of the boards that was meeting and they called back and asked if I wanted to fly for a career, something that I hadn't even considered. So I was like, yeah, sure. So they offered me a position as a weapon systems officer. Now a weapon systems officer is uh, there are only a, a handful of aircraft in the air force inventory that utilize this air crew member. You know, there's a pilot in the cockpit who has his hands on the controls and there's a whole nother equally important aircrew member that's the WISO, the weapon systems officer, and he's really in charge of all aircraft systems, uh, offensive and defensive. We we pre-flight and inventory all the weapons. We make sure all the targeting is good, and uh, it really helps a multi-place cockpit aircraft employ, I think, at a, at a much higher capability than just a single-seat fighter pilot. While those are important, and that, and that whole mindset is... Um, 
it's super beneficial and it's super powerful. If you can get two people in the same cockpit to operate at 80% versus one person operating at 100%, I think you're just going to be better off. And that's how I kind of ended up. So I did that for 21 years total in the Air Force and then retired and took a job as an F-35 instructor here at Luke Air Force Base. And I'm still doing that today. So during your service is when the, the opportunity came about for you to travel to Alaska or you were in Alaska, right? You were already in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so you recently wrote the book and published the book, which I've read cover to cover. Uh, no new lessons. And uh, if you recall, when I got done reading it, I, I messaged you and said, hey, great book. I mean, this is your real first foray into writing. You it is. A, you're very yeah. skilled at writing, very conversational. I mean, I was, I was really intrigued. So let's talk about no new lessons. Okay. Give our listeners an overview of what, what, it's, what it's focused on and who really should read this book. Yeah, so No New Lessons was, uh, it's really a campfire story when you get right down to it. It's a campfire story of an adventure that I took when I was in Alaska. 2009, we had gone up for a training exercise in June, which is arguably the best time to go to Alaska. If any of your listeners ever think about going to Alaska, go in June. It's It doesn't get much more beautiful than that. So we were up there. The squadron was planning to take a weekend fishing trip. Me and a couple of buddies decided we didn't want to go on it. We wanted to go on a camping trip by ourselves. We established a destination as the Magic Bus, which is the bus that Chris McCandless died in in 1993. And you'd know that story from John Krakauer's Into the Wild or Sean Penn's movie, Into the Wild. So we set that as our destination. And No New Lessons is really the journey of how we got there and back and the influences from other people that helped us along our journey. Some really bad decision-making, a lot of lack of planning, and as I started to tell some other stories from my own life and my own experiences that tied into it, that kind of drew some lines of parallel, I started to realize that here I am, this elder gentleman of over the hill, and I haven't learned any new lessons. They're still the same lessons that I'm relearning over and over and over. And that's where no new lessons came from. Just out of curiosity, what was the impetus? Because you just published the book a month or so ago. Yeah, December um, 10th. And you know, this journey was over a decade ago. So how did that even come out? Like, was it something you always knew you wanted to do? Were you encouraged? Uh, I was encouraged. Yeah. And really I was browbeat by my wife. Um, <laughs> like I said, it's a campfire story. And I've been telling this story. I, I sometimes I tell the reader's digest version, the five minute version, or sometimes you get the full blown Roscoe with the 12 pack version. Um, Lots and lots of times I've told this story and to a lot of different people. And my wife had been trying to convince me to write the story down for years. And finally in uh, 2019, I was sitting at work one day and I just opened up a blank word document and started drawing out a timeline of how it, you know, how we left the base that Friday and uh, all the way through till it was mission complete. And then I just kind of started filling in the blanks. And after about three years, I had a book. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, Paul, I, I don't think I could do it, this type of book. Again, your skill at telling stories is very good. Um, I think I mentioned to you, I was, I was reading the book, and again, I read it cover to cover. I didn't skim it, I read it, which is, uh, you know, pretty unusual for me these days. And it's it was like almost, like you said, like a campfire story. It was an opportunity for me to, instead of watching a movie for the night, I read your book. Yeah. And, uh, oh my gosh, I don't know how many times I 
laughed out loud. <laughs> I'm sitting here but, reading it. My wife's like, what are you doing? Like, well, I told my wife, as I, when I started to write it, and, and she had been after me for a long time, and I told her, I said, if I do write this, it has to be just like we were sitting around mm, talking about yeah. it. Like, like I'm telling a story and the things that probably made you laugh out loud are the same exact things that I would tell if we were sitting around my living room, having a beer, talking about it. I'm sure. And that's what made it so, you know, and again, I've gotten to know you a little bit better, but uh, it just came across that, that humor that you have and that you're self-deprecating. And so well, if you I, can't point the finger at yourself. Who are you going to point it at? No right. Kidding. You, you got to be able to own your own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a, an ideal book for anybody who just wants a couple hours of, you know, R&R, &R, yeah. especially if you're, you know, oriented towards nature and wilderness and hiking. But, you know, now that it's been out <laughs> for a little over a month, I mean, who would you recommend reading this book? Well, there's, there's or, a couple of themes. Or gifting theme. it, Paul, right? It's a great gift. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a couple of themes, I think, that, that you could take away from it. And I've been, I've been really taken back by the feedback that I've received because it seems like, People resonate on the conversational tone that the book is written in, but then I get these random comments, um, things that I thought were really important in the book. Other people are just kind of dismissing and things that I thought weren't, they were, they were just kind of glancing blows. People are hanging on that. And, you know, I've gotten feedback from people that say, hey, you should have italicized this in all the chapters because that's my takeaway from the thing. Or, you know, I, I really didn't know what I needed to hear. And, and it was the, the very last chapter of all these very pointed strategies on how to win and things. So what I would say is I think a listener who is curious about uh, an epic adventure where you really have to battle with yourself um, it's a mental game. It, it's a little bit of a mental strategy to be able to push through some, some pain. And, and I just had to relearn again, no new lessons, right? I had to relearn this on last Sunday. I got the wild hair and decided I was going to go run a half marathon through the mountains up here. I've, I haven't run more than five miles in 10 years. And I thought, well, I just want to see if my mind is strong enough to push me through that. And it hurt a lot, <laughs> but, but again, you know, new, new lessons. So somebody that's looking for adventure and that kind of that battle of wills. Um, there's another theme that I like it right in the middle of the book is there's a pivot point right in the middle of the book, in the middle of the story, there's a pivot point and there's a chance encounter with a random stranger that we didn't anticipate. We never anticipated the idea of meeting someone else out on the trail while we were hiking but we met this, this person, the, this group of people, and it completely changed our vector. And I think there's a really important life lesson there where if you can, if you can be hyper aware enough to notice these little things as they're happening, these little opportunities, if you can develop that skill to where you're hyper aware to notice the opportunities and then be fearless enough to actually act on them, man, I think you can really change the direction of your entire life. And that's exactly what happened in this story. So as you're reading it, you'll know when you hit that point. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you get there. It's right in the middle of the book. And you'll know, oh, man, if they hadn't have met these people, th th this wouldn't have happened, right? And, and it wasn't just the chance encounter and them maybe telling us how to move forward. It was the, the fearless action that we took that got us to the, to the end goal and back. And, and just out of curiosity, Paul, because the kind of books I typically write myself, it, it's very simple for me. I'm, I'm essentially using a book to teach somebody how to do something. So it's pretty simple to do in that respect. Whereas with you, you're telling stories, there's dialogue, you're, you're, you're thinking back about all this. I mean, 
is this something you just did, Paul? Or did you like go research this and learn how to write this kind of book? Or did you just, you know, like you said, just open up a Word document and just start writing? No, I, I, think, I think I've told you this before. Of all the things I thought it'd be when I grew up, an author is not one of them. I mean, I've enjoyed writing journals over the years and uh, on one deployment one year, I kept a dream log where I wrote down all my dreams and, you know, little fun stuff like that. I never thought that I would be, that I would sit down and do the formal action of writing a book. So it was the whole process, like the writing piece of it, I think the, the writing, the actual story, that was kind of the easy part. It was getting it to the finish line was the, the part that I didn't anticipate. Uh, so the whole journey has been really unique. As far as just writing the book, though, again, I just wanted to tell a story and I tried to make it as colorful as I could so that somebody that was reading it could imagine being there with me. Yeah, well, I think you did a great job. I mean, for... Oh, thanks. I appreciate I that. I mean, not even just for a first-time author. I just think your style... Of, I mean, some people are just very gifted and, and, and you know, you're probably write, writing like you're talking. That's and, exactly uh, it. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it is a gift to be able to write that way. So... No New Lessons came out in December of 2022, yes, not that long ago. We're going to talk a little bit about that because I think even the, the, the marketing that you've done since then, and it was neat to see your wife being so helpful there, but you've done a lot of marketing. So it hit number one bestseller, correct? It did, in, yeah. In, on Amazon? It did. In some real categories, so that's very cool. You contributed a chapter in I Love America, so thank you for that again and told your yes, story sir. there. Can you share a little bit? I know the... the, the the third book, is it done or, because I know you were trying to maybe do it around Christmas time, but are, can you talk about that book at all yet or not? No, no, absolutely. Um, I'll throw it out there. Um, so my third book and, and what's going to end up being kind of a centerpiece for some other projects that I'm working on is it's called Work Hard, Don't Suck. And uh, the right now the working subtitle is it's a moral compass for raising young adults with honor, discipline, and character. And where this came from was I have three boys, 26, 20, and 18. And I also have a bonus son. My, my youngest boy's best friend has been living with us for almost a year now. So I've, I've really gotten to practice a lot of this stuff on him. Um, as my kids got older, I realized that they're not listening to the direct pointed feedback that I'm giving them. Rather, they're looking for an example of someone to follow. And I heard this really cool question asked the other day where somebody says, hey, if your kids grow up to be just like you, are you okay with that? And I really thought about that for a while. And so I decided I was gonna write down all the dumb dad advice I've been giving them for all these years. And then I was gonna write one page on each topic. One of the topics or one of the things that's been in our house since my boys were little was just be a good dude. And I was gonna write a page on what that meant. And I ended up with 160 of these things, which is way too much for a book. So I decided I'm going to split it up into volumes. Volume one is coming out. Hopefully sometime this spring, I'm kind of targeting April 1st or so. Work hard, don't suck. Moral compass to raising young adults with honor, discipline, and character. Love it. Now, weren't you going to, again, I'm maybe going off the, the rails here a little bit. Weren't you going to package that up and give it to your sons for Christmas? Or wasn't there, we talked about that? Or Yeah, that we did. That was always the goal. So I, I dreamed this up in February of last year with the goal of giving it to him for Christmas. And I met the goal. I got it all printed out for him. Uh, I just printed it Office Max, had it spiral bound. Mm -hmm. But it was really neat on the dedication page because it was printed out in eight and a half by 11. Mm -hmm. And on the dedication page, it, that page was completely blank. It just said dedicated to the white boys, you know, follow your arrow wherever it points. And then I was able to handwrite a very unique and very specific message to each one of the boys that 
from me to them. And it's kind of my last, you know, Hail Mary as they go out into real life. So it was, it was really special. I got, got some tears on that one. Yeah, it was good. And speaking of Hail Marys, I mean, another reason why you're so, uh, this is so appropriate for you is you're a football coach. You you coach young men and, you know, being around these guys and being able to encourage them the right way. I remember when you first told me, because I think it was, that was the first book you told me about months ago. Yeah. Yeah, and I jumped yeah. on it right away, like heck. I mean, you know, I don't yeah. think I've got two young ladies, daughter yeah. daughters, but like what you were sharing on our call was just a, you know, like heck yeah, people. No, want but that. you you hit something though, and those are those initial few conversations that you and I had. You hit something because I had always focused it towards young men, and that was that's all. That's what I know. I mean, mm-hmm. I raised all boys. You know, even my dogs are boys. <laughs> Um, I'm the exact opposite, by the way. But, <laughs> but you helped me realize something like from a young lady's point of view, you would like for them to know what to look for in a in a guy. You know, what are the honorable traits and characteristics that if you're talking to your daughter, like these are the things that I want you to bring home for dad's approval. You know what I mean? And so I really took that, what you said. I mean, that was really good feedback that I hadn't thought of before. And it helped me go and tweak some things. Hmm. Well, I think it's going to be a, you know, definitely a book that, can get you out there even, you know, talking about this, what, what your experience has been as a coach, as a father, everything that you've done, you know, as a military vet, because you've seen so much. And in this day and age, and I don't, I surely don't want to go down this rabbit hole right now, but gosh, if there was ever a time that we needed that kind of instruction, Paul. Well, I tell you what, man, as this, you know, I'm kind of new to the being an entrepreneur and, and put myself out there like that. I worked for the government my entire adult life. As I start getting momentum on this, though, where I really would like for this to go is to be able to get this out to mass groups of people in a very pointed and direct way, because I really think that there's so many young adults now, especially young adults, there's so many people that just don't get that very direct uh, feedback and communication to them about, hey, I'm sorry, man, but life is hard sometimes, and you really just have to do the work. You know, and hopefully I'll get the opportunity to be up on one of those big stages and and give this presentation to people and tell them, hey, work hard, don't suck. You'll be all right. Well, I think if, if, if that's one of your goals, you, I think without a doubt, you, you have that opportunity in front of you for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, again, with your background, all that you've done, you know, there's probably many hosts of events that would love to have you at least initially on podcasts. Cause I know podcasting is going to be a strategy. You're going yeah. to employing. So anyone's listening who has a podcast, make sure you reach out to Paul, uh, get him on your podcast. He's got a message to share. And uh, like you said, you're just starting out and uh, which is why I wanted to have you on today. So Paul, before we, we wrap up here, I want to ask two more questions. One, because you're, you're right in the muck of it all and you, you know, you're just, launched no new lessons and the marketing of it and all that. Has there been anything you've learned in the last two months or so since you've been working around the marketing that you'd want to share with any other authors? Any either tips, tricks, or things to just to watch out for that you didn't expect? Again, talking about opportunities, never miss an opportunity to ask people questions. Um, I don't know what I don't know. And hopefully I've gotten better at asking questions to people who do know they can at least point me in the right direction to learn the right questions to ask. We had no idea what we were doing when we decided we were going to put a book together. So we started reaching out to people. I reached out to you. I reached out to my buddy, Joel, you know, a bunch of people have helped me along this journey and learning to ask those questions and lean on expertise. And then when it came to the marketing, it really, to me, it felt like just a shotgun blast. Turns out we did some things right. 
So join in the local groups. That was one of the things that, that kind of got us, uh, I'll say five mile famous, right? So joining the local groups on Facebook, um, and my wife is, she's much more active on this stuff than I am, but I've, in, I've been invited for uh, paper write-ups in the local papers, uh, interviews with local editors and things like that, just from doing those little things. So I, I, taking advantage of every small little opportunity that you can, you think it's insignificant. I live in Whitman, Arizona, population like a couple of hundred. <laughs> but when you start getting into the local groups, hey, those guys have networks too, and those guys can push it. And then now all of a sudden you're talking about Phoenix, and now you and I are talking across the country. And so it's it's kind of that snowball effect. It's kind of, it's a constellation, if you will, you know, and you're in the center of it, just kind of directing traffic. And just hearing you say that, Paul, I remember now that was your whole focus of your I Love America chapter was opportunity. That's right. And uh, I couldn't That's agree right. with you more. I mean, so many folks are presented opportunities right in front of them and they don't take advantage of them. And uh, well, maybe it's not their fault. Maybe they don't recognize it. Because that's a skill. That's yes, a skill, too. Yes, it yeah. is. I called having you know, in the marketing where I called having your marketing radar on. You know, that's the, right. Yeah. WSO, WSO, you would respect that. You know, just that. Yeah, yeah. Always be in tune. Watch, always see what opportunities mm-hmm. you have. Head on a swivel. So, Paul, I know you're, you're, you're a fresh new author. It's going to be cool to see what happens over the years with all you're, you're going to do and all the people you're going to impact. But can you share, as of today, what it's meant so far for Paul Roscoe White to be a published book author? Um, getting no new lessons out there was, let me, let me back up just a step. It never was necessarily a goal to publish no new lessons. I wrote that for the memory of it, for me and my two buddies that went on the hike. It just so happened when I started having conversations with you and a couple of other people who are asking me, well, do you have anything that's ready to go now? I said, well, I mean, with a little bit of work, no new lessons is ready to go. What that did for me though, is it taught me the process for one. So now the next go around, I'll be that much more fluid at knowing what to expect, who to contact when, how to get it out there the right way. More importantly, for me personally, writing the book is what has really just catapulted me into this, this really this drive and this desire to want to get these messages out. I feel like I sit back here in my room sometimes and I've got all these cool things going on in my brain. And now no new lessons, I think, has given me that drive and that confidence to really just put it out there. Damn the torpedoes. Let's try it out. Well, you've done it. I can't believe when I think about how it was just a few short months ago you and I first met and yeah. you know now look where you are just a couple months later so congratulations thank you thank your wife i we, i've become friends with her on facebook so i, <laughs> I see will, she yeah. is she does seem to be the brains behind the uh, the empire yeah, there I'll, I'll give her that one yep <laughs> so paul where is the best place for listeners to buy no new lessons and where's the best place for them to connect with you and learn more about you so No New Lessons is available on Amazon. You can search for it on the Amazon toolbar. It pops right up, uh, usually with my name kind of tagged off to the side of it. You can go to my website, www.105project.com, and there's a drop down on there that'll take you to the book and a link that'll take you to Amazon. That's an alternative way. You can also find me on the socials. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook at Paul Roscoe White. Awesome. Well, Paul, Congratulations. Uh, we're at the Thank beginning you. of 2023. You, obviously, you and I are going to stay in contact. And, yes, sir. Uh, it's going to be very cool to see what this year has for you. So congratulations. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Thank you, for your, uh, thank you for your candor and thank you for your coaching. I appreciate it. Stay well, Paul. Yes, sir. And to my listeners, thank you. And if you found this podcast helpful, 
please help me grow by sharing with your network and leaving a review on Apple Podcast. Till next time, this is Mike Capuzzi. Thank you for listening to the Author Factor Podcast. To learn more about Mike's unique short book publishing opportunities, please visit bitesizedbooks.com.